San Francisco 49ers coming off a huge win Sunday night football. They are heading to Mexico City next to try to keep the winning streak alive. The return of Elijah Mitchell. Is he the new lead back even over Christian McCaffrey? Let's talk running backs. Let's talk usage. And is Trent Williams tipping plays to opposing defenses and why and why is it still happening if we know about it you know the team knows about it all that and more coming up on today's locked on 49ers you are locked on 49ers your daily san francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome to locked on 49ers brian peacock alongside Eric Crocker, as always, with a very special guest on today's podcast, Mr. Nicholas Winkler, at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, at Bay Area Wink on this Winky Wednesday. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. You know, we've got to use the sounder when it is available on Wednesdays just to let everybody know what's happening and bring on today's very special guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Can't believe it. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. Wow. What's happening, Wink? Big W in prime time. You were telling us off the air you got to watch the, the game with your daughter who's getting pumped on 49ers football. I'm wearing our old... Gold Faithful shirt under here, which yeah. was our original podcast, me and Wink, back in the day before I was doing Locked On 49ers. Um, I can't imagine there's too much to stink on for Wink this week after uh, a big 49ers W, although you, you, you're always good at finding something. Yeah, I mean, you don't like the the early mistakes, right? The fumble, the block punt. You, you know, you're thinking, ah, oh, here we go again. This is a – but the, the fact that they overcame that and won a game – I, I – Again, what I'm thinking on is how many people are like, oh, they won such an ugly game. It's like, well, yeah, good teams win football games. It doesn't matter if they're ugly or pretty. Like, you go out and you win football games. Don't be upset with a win. Be be stoked. Move on. Like, it was, it was a victory. It was a W. And, yeah, you mentioned it. The, the best part for me was around halftime, I was like, all right, kids, go to bed. Or you could stay up and watch the 49er game with dad. So, you know, there was a little bribery involved in it, but she sat there, she was asking questions and just was really into it, was cheering along. And she's like, all right, 23 is my favorite. Oh, no, 23, 25 is my favorite. She's like, oh, number 10 is my favorite. I'm like, yeah, yeah, the girl's definitely like number 10. Which is hilarious. Nice. Did you guys watch the Warriors game last night? Yes, I did see that. Yeah, courtside. I saw the it was cheerleaders. It was so funny. and Garoppolo and Kittle and Usechek, I believe. Right? All they all just went right by McCaffrey. Like, no, no, who's this guy? Jimmy, and then like, oh, hey, George, and then Usechek just got like nothing at the end. It's just all Jimmy G. It took me a while to realize that McCaffrey and Usechek were there too, and I covered the team every single day because you, you, it's easily easy rec- to recognize right. uh, Garoppolo and Kittle. I was like, oh, cool, Garoppolo and Kittle are, are courtside. And, and then I saw that clip of the cheerleaders going by, and then I was like, oh, wait, is that Usechek? Oh, that's McCaffrey. Was, yeah, we don't see a lot of McCaffrey. So I, was, I, I just thought it was the guy that was sitting next to <laughs> just the, some random guy. Course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's interesting too, right? Because that speaks volumes to the whole uh, marketing aspect yeah. of things right and being in a bigger market or a smaller market and being more recognizable uh as it pertains to maybe you know potential earnings and everybody mm-hmm. you know talks about wanting more money and maybe going to some of the big markets and oh it doesn't matter anymore there's social media so it makes everybody recognize everyone and i guess that's not the case because 
uh, most people didn't even recognize Christian McCaffrey sitting right next to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, especially seeing him in plain clothes. And yet, football players have their helmets on most of the time, too. Remember, that was the thing back in the day with Emmett Smith and the Cowboys, and they were always taking off their helmets because it was like, mm-hmm. it was a marketing thing. It was like, look at my face. Here's my face. Makes sense. And the league was like, we don't like that. Put your helmet back on. You get a penalty if you take your helmet off. And that's still a rule. It's still kind of weird that you can't take off your your helmet oh wink i this is what you're going to be stinking on this week mm. um, and i want to ask you about you know your daughter talking about number 25 the return of uh, elijah mitchell but yeah. um the the dre greenlaw penalty getting ejected mm. from the game we saw it on monday night football what was that with you know um heineke flopping on the ground and then gets hit and then he's like pumped he's like yeah i was like what is that what we're doing now that's the goal right. is to try to get some cheap ass you know uh late hit penalty uh, something's going on here that that's got to be fixed because now it's like it's to the point where it's like all right look let's knock their quarterback out of the game on purpose because right you know it's like it becomes goon style hockey you know, we were talking about this a little bit on peacock and williamson today it, it, it gets it gets a little bit convoluted when and you don't want to have flopping like in the nba and like soccer where the goal shouldn't be to try to get that penalty and so if it's not obvious, then you, I just you can't call those types of plays because it mars the game. And the Niners shouldn't have lost Dre Greenlaw in that game for a play that y- you can't go back and watch it in slow motion and say, hey, look at all this time he had. No, he had no time. His target was in the right place. The the player moved into where his target was, you know, um, the the Heineke thing at the end of the game on Monday Night Football is just ridiculous. You can't end a football game that way. I don't know. Croc, Wink, either one of you guys have thoughts on that? I mean, that being said, on the game last night, guy took like three steps and hit yeah, Heineke. You, like he had a lot off, of time. You're coming off the edge. The quarterback's in the pocket, right? And so you expect the quarterback to still be in the pocket. You don't know if he jumped on a fumble that he fell on. Like sure. that's just really too hard for a player to know exactly what's going on with a player when he's trying to yeah. beat his man who's 300 pounds in front of him. He gets around the corner and then like that's his goal. So like you you can't just you can't just wait 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 and jump on the ground. Like and if that's like we teams are gonna start doing that all the time. Get a free 15 yeah. yards whenever you need it, right? And not only did he just jump on the ground, like he took like a knee. He took a knee. And field. when did so they do you that? Have guys, you have guys in the middle of the play that are committed to pursuing you. Right. So they're running at you. They're hauling butt all at you. Then all of a sudden you see him just drop to the ground and take a knee. And it's like you're committed to already going to hit him. And they tried to kind of ease up, but it was kind of like, oh, wait. Uh, and then kind of the chest hit the guy. And, and then he he exaggerated it. Oh, for and sure. And he kind of flopped on the ground. It's not and like he crushed him either. Yeah, it, so it looks like, oh, man, they had so much time to stop. But they're they're in high pursuit of this mm. guy. Oh, yeah. And you typically don't see a guy. Like, you've seen, let's say, Peyton Manning in the pocket, right? Peyton Manning has been in the pocket. And, oh, man, it's crumbling around me. And he just dropped to the ground. But he kind of dropped to the ground in a fetal position to where even if you lay on top of him, you know, you just kind of lay on top of him. Yeah, to protect the what ball. What Heineke did mm. was... He's running, 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 and they're in pursuit because he rolled out like he sprinted out. Yeah. He's running, yeah. and then he just drops to the ground and takes a knee. And I think it really was like kind of like what's well, the play? You realize what's going on? <laughs> you know, because you don't want to throw really it away, react. right? Because then the clock stops. Right. So it was a right. smart play by Heineke for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's back just too to hard the to officiate. Hit, well, same with the Greenlaw hit, right? I mean, you know, Greenlaw's coming in to hit a guy low, and then the guy gets hit and goes down, and then they, they hit helmets. It's like 
how could they say that he was delivered? Uh, the worst part, too, is that they reviewed it and they looked at it over and over and over and then still came back with that result like that. And that looking, to me was baffling. And that's sort of the problem is you're looking at it. They look at it in slow motion. They're like, look right. at all this time. It's like, well, that's not how time works. You know, time works in real speed. <laughs> So if you're yeah. going to go look at it, look at it in real speed and tell me what exactly happened there. And so you're I have people, I have people telling me like, well, he should have seen that his knee was down and that he didn't have to hit him still. He could have eased up after that. I'm like, first of all, this dude is big. Like he's like Michael Myers running out there. He's six. My brother has seen Herbert in the grocery store out in the <laughs> Irvine. Yeah. And he's like, dude's like the biggest quarterback he's ever he's seen big. in his life. He's like 6'6", 240-something pounds. So it's a huge dude, and he's running at you. And I think people maybe think that these defenders, especially on the back end or in the, in the next two levels, are bigger than what they are. They're not big. Like Jimmy Ward, who – and Jimmy Ward kind of gets lost in all this. If anybody – not saying Jimmy Ward deserved a penalty, but he launched at mm. Herbert on that play. Yeah. I mean, he That's was parallel he in the air, diving <laughs> – into him, head down, everything, right? But Jimmy Ward is 5'11", 190 pounds. So if he has six foot six, 245 pounds running at him, you have to just, I have to go in and throw everything I have into yeah. this big guy running at me. And in the process, the guy, if you are a runner, you're going to take some hits. You're going to take some pounding. You're going to take some hits to the helmet. It's it's just going to happen. And I think it, it it's, it's, it's almost... It's making it extremely difficult for defenders to protect themselves because the moment yeah. they slow up, they either get ran over or somebody rolls into them in the pile, then they roll an ankle, and all kind of bad things can happen to a defender not going 100% because he's waiting to see, oh, yep. how is the right and right. the most proper way to tackle this big guy that's running full speed at me. Yeah, and then or you give up a huge play because you give up on the play and the quarterback takes off. Uh, uh, Rookie quarterback for the Steelers, Pickett, Kenny Pickett. He did that in college. One of his big highlight yeah. plays. He looks like yeah. he's about to get down, and then he doesn't. He keeps going. It's like, what? That should be a penalty. And he ran for a touchdown. Then. Everybody eased yeah. up. Everybody stopped. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, he you, kept you going and ran for a touchdown. Well, another yeah. thing, too, is once the quarterback runs, he's a runner. I mean, how many running backs get hit helmet to helmet like that all the time? And it's right. not a penalty. Oh, so if the quarterback the, the decides he's going to tuck the ball and run, he's a runner, but he's being treated like a quarterback. And that's the problem. Right. That's the big mistake that they made there. Because, yeah, helmet to helmet, yes, it happens on every single play with a running back. It happens all the time. And the guys don't get ejected for it. But it was a big money quarterback, so they got to protect him. But yeah, we can't we, we, we can't be trying to get 15 yard penalties. That, that can't be the goal. And like when, when I see the reaction of of Heineke after the game, he's like, yeah, I was like, no, no, like I, I became I became uh, I went from being a fan of Heineke to a hater of Heineke after that that play. Because like, no, dude, that's not the goal. You're lame. I don't like any part of that. But anyway, commanders beat the Eagles. Eagles now. Eight and one. Let's move on with the San Francisco 49ers at five and four. They're going to be playing in Mexico City. Let's talk Elijah Mitchell's return, what it means for Christian McCaffrey, and what's going on with Trent Williams tipping plays to opposing defenses next. This episode brought to you by Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts it is super easy you get on the app you say i need a car uh, i want to have this really nice spacious suv or minivan take the family for a road trip or you want to show up in style to a special event maybe find a classic or luxury car 
birthday, holiday, whatever it is. And you roll up and you're like, hey, check out my ride, folks. Right. Uh, and it is super easy to do a huge selection of vehicles for whatever you need it for. Maybe just a budget car to go run some errands. You can do just about any occasion or budget across U.S., Canada, U.K., and coming soon to Australia. And I know we have a ton of Locked On 49ers listeners in U.K., Canada, Australia. We are global here. You can find your Turo vehicles in all of those places. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo. Dot com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen today for your second listen today. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Elijah Mitchell back, number 25. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool to see him out there. He was charged up. Uh, he was thumping dudes out there. Actually out-carried Christian McCaffrey and was the guy that was closing out the game as the running back on the last two drives when the 49ers had the lead. Wink, were you surprised how much Elijah Mitchell was used, especially at the expense of Christian McCaffrey in some places in his return? A little bit. I mean, I, I knew that they were going to, you know, give him the ball. That's what they do with Elijah Mitchell. They've done it since he first started week one, you know, last season. So that, but the 18 carries, that was a little surprising. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't want Christian McCaffrey taking a lot of those runs. I want, I want those going to Elijah Mitchell. He, he showed what he can do, right? Running between the tackles. He, he is great at it. And you get McCaffrey in space. That's, that looked like a great, uh, a, a great, uh, you know, equation for success. Like that looked like mm-hmm. if they do that going forward, when Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey were lined up bu- beside each other in the backfield, oh man, that just that just looks great. And then they one goes in motion, and then they run the other way. And yeah. I want to see a lot more of that. That that is something else. I love seeing the dual tailback, the the pony. Mm-hmm. They call it uh, whether it's Mitchell and Chris McCaffrey or Debo and McCaffrey were in the backfield together. Yep. You know, on some plays. I love that stuff. Croc, there's been multiple people that are that are tagging us on Twitter and and in the YouTube comments that don't like Chris McCaffrey not being on the field. Mm-hmm. Do you see that angle, too? Or do you like the usage there with uh, and look like Elijah Mitchell's a good running back. He looked good last year. He looked good in week one before he got hurt. He looked good again this week. So he deserves to be on the field. But what's that mix, Croc? I think they have the mix right for the most part. If you have a guy that, you know, they have kind of different skill sets for the most part with how you want to utilize them, especially with Christian McCaffrey having a little bit more of the pass catching ability. At least that's what it looks like, which is it's interesting because if you go back to training camp and Elijah Mitchell's rookie year, people were talking about him like he was the third down pass catching back. And that right. was his usage. Yeah, when we thought Trey on. Sermon was going to be a thing. Okay, Trey Sermon's the early down guy. Elijah, this Elijah Mitchell guy's got speed, and he can catch the ball pretty well. So maybe that's the you know the first, second, third down mix there. Turned out Elijah Mitchell was just better on all the downs, and now Trey Sermon's <laughs> not even on the roster. Right, and they, you know, so even then, Christian McCaffrey, I don't you know think anybody will compare Mitchell's pass catching abilities to Christian McCaffrey, and we've seen that on full display against the. L.A. Rams skying up and going to grab a ball, high point in the end zone. Mm. Uh, you see the amount of targets that have increased to the running back position since Christian McCaffrey showed up. So you do see a different dynamic. But if I may, okay, you may. <laughs> I had a question, and um, I, I'll ask Wink. 
All right, and we'll formulate this question a couple of different ways. But first, I would just say, we asked this question early on. What does Christian McCaffrey have to do to justify what they gave up? And I think we can mm. ignore context and just say, it doesn't matter. They got a, a better running back than Jeff Wilson, who just ran for 120 yards and a touchdown, seven yards of carry. All right, but they got a better running back than Jeff Wilson, and that's all that matters no matter what they gave up. And we can ignore all context, and that's fine. But if we want to just have a conversation about it, you look. We, the question was how much better does McCaffrey have to be than Jeff Wilson and or Elijah Mitchell to justify giving up a second-round pick, third-round pick, fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick, and twelve million next year, and twelve million the following year, even though it's not guaranteed. But you know, twenty-four million over the next two years to running backs. When you had running backs on a much cheaper contract, even if you go and sign Jeff Wilson, it might be three million dollars a year. Maybe that's definitely not twelve million dollars. And you got Elijah Mitchell, who's still on a rookie contract, who runs very well. So, I, the floor is yours to kind of answer that. Do you think it doesn't matter? You just have McCaffrey, and he makes your team better, or do you say? Well, he has to do X, Y, Z, and maybe you have to win a Super Bowl to say, you know what, it was a good trade. I mean, you definitely have to make the playoffs, right? I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, then it looks like a big flop. I mean, we saw how dynamic McCaffrey is against the Rams. You mentioned it, going up sky and making that catch, throwing a pass. Like, you know, he scored another touchdown in this game, too. He he is electric. And again, a lot of times, I, I'm going to say this over and over, and I'm going to beat it until it's, it's, it's out there and everybody fully understands it. <laughs> right? You got to. And he does so much when he's not touching the ball too, right? I mean, he's constantly, you, you got to account for McCaffrey. You got to know where McCaffrey is at all times when he's on the football field. So I think that that is overlooked sometimes because just because he's not getting the ball doesn't mean he didn't make the play, right? He may have drawn two guys over there and that's why somebody's open on the right side. So anything, anytime McCaffrey's on the field, he makes the 49ers a better football team. I think, I think Brian Baldinger did a breakdown. I think it was Baldinger. And he was showing when McCaffrey goes in motion, how many Chargers' eyes were yep. going with him. So, all right. Oh, yeah. And again, this was not, and I, I know we're going to get the comments and everything. This is not me saying <laughs> You're right, McCaffrey either. doesn't matter. This is not me saying I don't like the McCaffrey trade. This was me just asking a question yeah. based on the production that we've seen from other guys. But I think the angle that you took was really good in the sense of even when he's not touching the ball, he's still being very impactful. And when he does touch the ball, we know what he can do then as well. Yeah, I think uh, we're going was... to see a lot more of Ayuk, too. I mean, he really opens it up for him, and we saw it on full display on Sunday night. Yeah, clearly the defenses are keying, and we've seen it with Debo, too, and keying on Christian McCaffrey, and we saw it a couple times where uh, it, it, it – gave another player space and i think we're seeing a lot with Ayuk being singled up because like you can't give extra attention to Ayuk with the attention you have to give to mccaffrey and debo and george you gotta Kittle prioritize it right right yeah, yeah you gotta take away mccaffrey then you gotta take away debo then you gotta take away Kittle. it's like okay well elijah mitchell's gonna run really well and now Ayuk's gonna be open and, mm -hmm. and Jawan jennings again doing his thing getting the ball converting those third downs like that's it, he's making everybody else better i was <laughs> i was dying over here Watching and listening to Croc tiptoe around that question to phrase it in a certain way, yeah. not to get everybody <laughs> mad. And I'm glad Croc asked it and not me. Uh, that, that was funny. No, but, but how, it I, how did I do? And when you, you got to ask it. Great. But like, and it bears asking just because, you know, that's it's what we know about running backs and, and seeing how good Elijah Mitchell is, it's, it's kind of easy to forget. And look, he's been hurt a lot too, which is why I like the usage of using both guys so neither one of them gets run into the ground. I, I, that's why I have no problem mm -hmm. with the usage there. I would actually see, like, I would like to see. I would like to see Elijah Mitchell out carry 
Christian McCaffrey every week, and McCaffrey week. gets like 10 plus targets in the passing game, you know, use him as a slot receiver. Christian McCaffrey might have the best ball skills on the team. Like, no That's joke. a lot. Legitimately, yeah. use the dude in the slot on third downs and use him out of the backfield. He can catch the ball. He can get open. He can separate. He's got that short area of quickness. And it's weird because if you look at high weight speed of Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, they don't seem like they're that different, but they play very different. Like, mm-hmm. a thump that Elijah Mitchell brings in the run game is different. His top speed is faster than Christian McCaffrey's, I think. But then the short area stuff, like, Christian McCaffrey's vision is so good. He'll find those little creases. His lateral agility is, is different. Um, they're different moving in space. And uh, and and uh, sometimes like Elijah Mitchell's a little tighter because you'll see plays where there's a hole there and he can it get bumps into the offensive lineman a little bit trying to get to the hole and he'll still hit it and he'll hit it hard and he's not given many moves after he gets through the hole. You know, kind of the one cut downhill, which is why I think Shanahan, Shanahan liked him so much as a rookie and let him play early because he's getting downhill and gaining yards. Whereas McCaffrey is good at getting slim and, and finding that little crease and almost jumping through it sometimes. Right. And then makes more moves on the second level. So they're actually very different. I think they complement each other. Fantastic in the, in the 49ers offense. So, and look, keep them both fresh, utilize McCaffrey as a receiver as much as possible. I think that's the usage. And I think it was pretty close. Um, maybe even, you know, more passes McCaffrey's way, but, Niners don't have a high volume passing game, so you can't give McCaffrey ten targets and Ayuk uh, uh, ten targets and Kittle ten targets and Debo, you know the touches he should get. So it's going to be, it's never going to be, and it probably hurts your fantasy teams when you have any of those guys on them because you don't know who it's going to be week to week. But someone's going to be featured every week, and then you got Ayuk and Jennings in the mix as well, who are just going to see a lot of single coverage. Next, guys, we've got to cover the issue of Trent Williams. One of the 49ers, if not the 49ers best player, is he hurting the team by tipping plays, letting the opposing offenses know when it's pass or run. Let's get to that next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free and it is a massive network that you can cast a net over as wide 800 million potential hires right because that's how many people are on linkedin or very narrow you can narrow that search for your next hire with simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire all you do is you add your job to the purple hiring frame on your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering high quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis this season. Guys, if I had to ask you who you think is the number four most likely team to win the Super Bowl according to BetOnline odds after the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles, who would you guess? 49ers. That is correct. 49ers, even ahead of the Vikings, ahead of the Dallas Cowboys, (laughs) ahead of the Baltimore Ravens are those San Francisco 49ers. You can find those Super Bowl odds, tons of other odds and props and weekly lines 
trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there too, not just NFL. There is basketball, soccer, esports. You got it covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those too at BetOnline. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Get informed before you make your bets as well at BetOnline. Head over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we've got to cover this. We've been asked multiple times. I keep getting tagged on Twitter, and this is not even a new development. Trent Williams, uh, just the way he lines up, he's got to tell if it's if he's going to a pass set or a run set. And look, for Trent Williams, I could see why it's not a big deal to him because he's still going to win most of his matchups anyway. He could tell you what the play is going to be, and he's going to beat the guy in front of him most times. But it might be hurting the rest of the 49ers offense, maybe the rest of his line mates, um, if the if the defense can key on Trent Williams and know whether it's going to be run or pass before the, the play starts, right? That's a, that's a pretty big tell. And it's it's come up a lot recently this week. And I do want to shout out one of our listeners that tagged us in it, and he showed us a little, you know, uh, exactly what it looks like with a, with a still image here. And I've seen a couple of videos and, and multiple people talking about it, especially this week after the Chargers game. Uh, Wyatt says, Chargers took huge advantage of Trent tipping plays. Bears report they used it heavily too. How much is the offense held back by the defense knowing 100% if every play is pass or run? And then he... Uh, he showed this still shot. And yeah, I remember all the way back to week one, Chicago bears. This is not a new development and rookie. This is a rookie defensive end. And he kind of let everybody know, and he probably wasn't supposed to be talking about this. And I don't know if it's something that he noticed himself, but uh, bears fifth round rookie pass rusher, Dominique Robinson. He had one and a half sacks against the 49ers. And, and I think one of those sacks, he beat Trent Williams and he's got zero sacks on the season since then he had one and a half sacks mm. against the 49ers in week one and he talked about it after the game he said yeah we uh, when i i think he was asked specifically he's like hey good job rookie uh he was a former wide receiver in college too you know great job fifth round by the uh, bears by the way with braxton jones and dominique robinson finding a couple of big time athletes in the fifth round late in the draft there but you're like hey beat trent williams pretty cool he's like yeah i knew it was coming <laughs> i don't know if he's even supposed to say it but like this is not a new development like, how, how could the 49ers have not fixed this by now? They knew about it in week one. Well, I think that that's my question, right? And if they felt like it was that big of an issue. Teams scout opposing teams just as much as they scout themselves, if not more. So right. everyone knows Trent Williams is doing it. So either they just don't care or he's played so well around it, it hasn't mattered. But Trent Williams, someone who has played for a long time. Now, if Trent was a rookie and tipping off plays – and you had to tell, hey, Trent, you know, you know you're tipping off plays, you know, do this instead or whatever, then I can understand. But for him to be in the NFL as long as he has and him do whatever it is that he's doing, it must, it must not be as big of an issue as people want to make it. Again, I, I don't know. Now, I think if I'm a cornerback and I know it's a run play or it's a pass play, I think that definitely gives me an advantage in the sense of how I play it especially if I'm a mm. safety. Think about being a safety. And you see it, and it's like, okay, this is 100% accurate. I can crowd the box because you're not going to throw it, and I can almost abandon my responsibility. Now, that's still dangerous because the one time you think they're going to do it, they can counter and do something different. But dude has gotten away with it this long, and I wouldn't even say gotten away with it. I mean, he's played at a very high level throughout his career. I bet this is not the first time that somebody has noticed it, and it feels like it hasn't mattered. Like for you, right, you, when you just talked about it, you talked about the rookie. And it mattered most because, well, he got a sack and a half. 
but that hasn't been something that's been consistent with Trent Williams throughout his career. Right. And maybe it's something that he fixes and then he falls back into old habits or something. You know, he's like, oh, I'm good this second game. But in the third game, I'm back doing it. And you mentioned that it might be hurting everybody around him. I was pleasantly surprised by seeing those PFF grades on Sunday night. And they showed Aaron Banks right next to him. And he was like ranked seventh out of all guards in the NFL. It's like, hey, all right. All right. Maybe they found a piece of gold there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's been one of the the, the great surprises for the 49ers this season. It's been pretty amazing. Uh, we had zero uh, sacks. Yeah, zero yeah. sacks. He, he's he's getting in the way, man. Like he, he, you're not seeing his number get called. He's not getting penalized a lot or anything like that. So, yeah, good on on Banks, and it's surprising based on what we saw in the past. So that, that's what's yeah. so great about it. And guys get better, right? Guys develop. Um, you, you know, know me, I was I was the the saddest person when Lakin Tomlinson left. So this is a, this, I love those left guards, man. Keep them yeah. coming. <laughs> left guards for life, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't. It's hard to know exactly how big of a deal it is, but clearly the 49ers don't want to do that. They don't want teams knowing. Like, and Trent, I'm sure you know he's he's gotten beat a couple times this year. He doesn't want guys to have an advantage on him. Um, but really, I think it's probably a, a total offense thing that would hurt more than anything. But now you could use it to your advantage. You know, a key third down, show him that little pass set leg. You know, and yeah. then run the ball, go downhill on him, and. Uh, maybe maybe you can use it as a change up to your advantage. But we see it all the time at baseball pitchers. The, the guys will find something on a pitcher, and all of a sudden it's like, why is this dude just getting yacked on right now? People are just <laughs> being off, right? Because they know when a fastball is coming, so they right. can just sit and wait. Or uh, so uh, he will be asked about it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's getting too much pub now that if you don't fix it, then it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you got to fix it. They should use f- it, like you said, right. use it to their advantage. And the first person I saw post about it was my guy Jesse Neighbors. So I want to shout out Jesse because I've seen other people kind of, you know, follow up on Jesse's tweet mm-hmm. and kind of make it their own thought. Mm-hmm. But Jesse was the first person that I saw post about it. I- I'm surprised. And maybe the 49ers just the, the message didn't get there to them. If it's something they didn't know about after week one, when there's a rookie out there that beats you. So yeah, you're, you're showing me what's going on. I can't believe it didn't get fixed right there. And maybe it did, and we haven't seen it since. I mean, maybe yeah, it just maybe, finally maybe, crept back yeah. out. Right. It's just like old habits, and, and it's popped back up recently. Maybe that's it, because I haven't really been looking for it. But you know, the more it's out there, the more people are going to be looking for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, come on, clean it up, 49ers. Clean it up. That's There's some details, right? Isn't there some details that the, feels like the 49ers are just missing a little bit here and keeping them from being that team that I think we all expect them to be? Well, I yeah, think I mean, that's the surprising you, thing. When you talk about details, the guy that has played at an all-pro level – for I mean the majority of his career, when you yeah. talk about details, I don't think there's anything that you could tell him about offensive line play that he doesn't know. So that's the part that that's that's the part right there where I'm thinking, is this an overreaction just because of who it is that's doing it? I mean, Maybe. you guys that play a long time, like if you just talk to Richard Sherman about the cornerback position and everything that goes into it, right? He'd tell you every detail from press to off coverage and reading different zones and keys. And if he's giving something away, right? I can watch now. Here we go. And it might not be a big of a deal. I can watch a cornerback and I know when he's press bailing, I just see how he's, his stance is. It might mm. be slightly a little bit more off the line of scrimmage. Um, he might be looking in at the quarterback, which he's watching the ball, just see when he snaps so he can get out into his bail. Right. And I see it and I call it all the time. Always oh, bailing out. Always oh, bailing mm. out. And I, and I just see it. How much of that matters in the grand scheme of things? 
Wink, I know you've been special, been paying special attention to special teams this year and the mm-hmm. Wink Wish Watch that we do on Wednesdays. Jason had a question. He says, curious, why does San Francisco seem to struggle so much in the third phase of the game? Missed point after, block punt, have given up big returns this year. There was the multiple, uh, they called it the banana punts out of bounds. They, they weren't quite on point from Mitch Wishnowski, although he did drop one at the one-yard line. Um and it can't be lack of if, emphasis, right? And they did so much in the offseason to improve their special teams. And I think they had because their special teams were so bad last year. But it was kind of a funky game until the very, very end. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's the first missed extra point by Robbie Gold on the season. Wishnowski missed one earlier in the season when Gold was right. hurt. So, yeah, we can't we can't think that that's an actual thing. Uh, yeah, Wishnowski, his first punt was not very good. And then it, what his second one was blocked, and then his third one was again just out of bounds, just outside the twenty. But then on his fourth punt, when it really mattered, dude stuck it at the one. So you know, I, I think that the special teams are just fine for the 49ers, right? Red McLeod's doing great in the return game right now, and uh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't worry about that. I would say much improved special teams. You're never yeah. going to be perfect. You know, they're not making big plays in the return game, but the return games are almost non-existent around the NFL. You just got to not make big mistakes. You're not going to make plus plays on special teams these days it seems like yeah late in that game too i don't know if anybody noticed it but jordan willis almost got himself another block punt he got there in the middle he looks weird there at 75 now but yeah. he got he almost swatted that away just like he did in the packers game the playoff game last year yeah who does that who goes from 75 that that's what he wore for like the Bengals or whatever to 94 on the Niners, and that's a good defense it looked good then he goes back to yeah. 75 I, yeah. he might have wore 75 at k-state and uh, mm. that's probably why he slipped to the third round. That's an ugly-ass number four. <laughs> I like this guy, but 75? Nah, uh, that's bad. Nah, Can't move that's it. Ass. All right. Good <laughs> stuff. Thanks, Wink, for another very successful Winky Wednesday. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. Check out Locked On NFL Draft with Eric Crocker. Check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I back tomorrow. It's already time for a little Thursday crossover action. Getting ready for Week 11 right here, Locked On 49ers.